Welcome to No Clear Answers, where we explore the common challenges all humans, creators, and leaders face and break down preconceived notions of common self-help ideas. We are your hosts. I am Ricky Goldenberg. Hi. I'm Justin. <laughs> <laughs> we need to like draw straws. I'm Corey Wilkes. God damn it. Or am I? Not. Oh, Where and are you? I'm Justin Mulvaney. I wanted to mix it up or I wanted to jump in because normally there's a pause there, but I did have the thought, well, I've been letting Corey go second. So oh I my might God. fuck Corey over That now. got messy. I also didn't want there to be that awkward fucking pause. So I also tried to go. So we were on the same page and That's beautiful. <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, let's keep it. I love it. We're all, we're all professionals. It. Let's go. Yeah. It's cool. I, I'm a professional. Okay, so Ricky, today we're talking about values. Yeah, we're back. Can you, can you I tell know. everyone? We're here again. I know. Because here's what happened is that the last couple of topics that we've talked about, sometimes we think we're going to come in with a lot of heat. Like manifesting, for example. I thought we were going to have a lot of heat. We did not have that much heat. It was kind of like, I guess it's okay. Like question mark at the end with an up, up tilt. But when it came to values, the last time that we talked about, we talked a lot about the importance of values, how to establish your values some exercises that you could consider. We got a little into like, is it important to have one value or multiple values? Like we really got into a discussion about values. And I think the thing that we didn't talk about, which felt missing for me was I also really think that there's, there is a, there's pitfalls within values as well. And I don't think we spent enough time there talking about sort of individuals who take their values to extremes, which is basically extremes in general, like in any space can always be a little trick trick, but and values specifically, we didn't have an opportunity to talk about like, well, what happens if you take your values too strongly? And we danced around it a little bit, but ultimately I kind of wanted to give us just some time to talk about basically chief disagreeing officer from Amy Gallo. Um, I wanted to talk through, you know, when are values not helpful? When are values going too strong? What does it look like if you are surviving by your values in a way that doesn't effectively function? Thoughts? Are you are you too game? Because this is already happening. I I want to talk about this. Cool. Go ahead. I love it. Watch okay, it so on fire. Let's go. Okay, so here's my number one thing about values, which I think is actually a little tricky, which is that I think the complexity of values is it should be an internal action, right? We do this discovery on ourselves. We recognize what our values are. We can leverage it as an empathetic tool. Like Justin, you were coming up with great stuff around how to do this in a leadership space and hearing other people's values and starting to better understand and create sort of a level up in emotional intelligence. One of the main areas that I actually think values can get really not dangerous, but a little questionable is if I am convinced that my values must one, be accepted and adopted by everyone around me and, or I can't being shut up about my values. And that's, I think that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit, which is that I feel like the value work can sometimes result in like a holier than thou approach and sort of, Oh, like I'm so in line and I'm so self-fulfilled. And it always makes me think of this as a very specific example, but they have found that when you go and do yoga, which is like a very internal work, 
It's very like, you know, you're in your zone, high mindfulness, breath work included, doing our asanas. They have found, uh, and also with meditation, you can kind of just become more of a fucking jerk unless you're doing like loving kindness meditation, which has a lot of focus around going external. And so the thing I think about that is like, if you've ever been to a yoga class, like you kind of go in and everybody's really like in their own individualistic nature. And they're sort of like elbows out. I don't want to get my spot. And like, I'm in my zone. Whereas if you go to a group that's like much more collective teamwork based, we're all bringing different things to the table. It's a hundred percent more enjoyable. So that was one of the things that I just wanted to get out there because we didn't talk about it a little bit. And I feel like we've all spent time with people who are sort of like value pushers that like, these are my values and either you should adopt them and, or you should uphold them, which I think is especially tricky when we have different value systems. We have different cultural backgrounds. And like, also apparently I'm not done yet with my soapbox. Like it also doesn't take into account the difference in individuals, right? So like I can be an incredibly disciplined person and then I get annoyed by someone who has ADHD and I'm like assuming that they, sh- their brain should just function the same way that my brain should work. It's not fair. It's bullshit. And so my thought is, is that like, as much as I love values, I'm talking about the fact that they are a tool. They're an internal tool that we can use to develop emotional intelligence, but there are pitfalls in values when you use it as like, this is my hill to die on. Yeah. And that's the entire episode. So like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> you, you have, <laughs> not bullshit, notably. Um, you've, you've, over here, it's like, wow, there's a really actually broad conversation that can be opened up here. The first point I want to make is Ricky's last point on kind of believing that your value is the best value and everybody needs that value. Uh, if you're feeling that way or perceive that, go back to the last episode and listen to the conversation that we had about how values play on leadership teams. Pretty sure I had a fire quote in there around how relationships at their worst project our values onto others and make them wrong for not valuing what we value. Relationships at their best allow for differences in value and find how that actually makes for a greater whole. So if that's you, go back, listen again. For me, I, there are two thoughts where I see, like, when I ask myself the question, how could you potentially over-index on values? How could you be too much about values? And both of them are when you're either become overly attached to values and value-driven living in, in a number of, just, just an attachment to it. And there are two ways I can see this play out. One that I think was very much a younger version of me, which is values are not everything, especially if you're on a team and you're working with other people and you're early in your career, right? You still need to, you, you can have super clarity on your values and be value aligned and you see, still need to develop skills. You still need to develop the ability to work for others or, or work with others. And so one primary error is to be like, I hold this value and it is the only thing that matters. And I don't need to be better at things or do the work in any way or or anything like that. This is the only thing that matters. And and you can do that. It's just people may not want to work with you and there are going to be trade-offs to that. And also a general theme that I find working with anybody, but especially with leaders is whenever we become attached to or identified with something, it, there's a term in psychology, right? The shadow, that attachment projects a shadow, which is really a blind spot, right? 
It's a part of us that we can't identify with and also become blind to that inability to identify, right? And so the moment you become overly attached to a value, like this is a big thing for me, independence, that was the value I identified in college from last. When I become super attached to that, I actually lose a whole aspect of range as a leader and a performer because I'm so attached to my independence that I can't flex into deep collaboration. And for me, the real blind spot that I still work on to date is calling in support when I need it, as opposed to just muscling through. And so just notice, be careful when you identify your values, it can be helpful to go, Ooh, what's the shadow or blind spot that I'm projecting if I over identify with this thing. That really resonated because I think about last time we were talking about how one of my values is curiosity And the shadow self of that for me, at least often is like inaction that because I'm so focused on learning more and kind of tinkering that I don't actually take, take action. I don't get things done because I'm staying in that research mode. It's like a procrastination technique that I have effectively used. Yeah. So in your shadow is the one who's just wildly action oriented, who actually isn't curious at all. Just knows when to like, go, go, go. And for me and mine would be the one in me who is just calls and support, just leans on everyone else. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's good to, to identify, Oh, what's the flip side of the coin that I reject when I become overly attached. So one thing in psychology we say is rigidity leads to pathology, right? Which just means anything, no matter how adaptive or, or healthy it is at first, if you rely exclusively on that, eventually it becomes problematic, right? <clears throat> and any system, any rigid system eventually breaks down or collapses, right? Like systems have to be able to adapt. Your human system has to be able to adapt, right? So I think being a values-oriented or values-aligned person is the way to go. However, if you are, if you rigidly adhere to a rigid definition of your values to the point that it then turns into you imposing your values on others. That is when it becomes really problematic. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like you said, Justin, like, you know, independence quickly turns into selfishness, right? If you are too rigid with like, well, does this keep me independent fully 100%? No, I'm not going to do it. Fuck everybody. I'm independent. I don't need no man. Right. Like some shit like that. Right. I said, like, it's a running joke in my house. I say it all the time. Um, actually I say that I do need a man to like open the fucking pickle jar and shit, but this is what it is. I think that if you take it to extremes, if you take anything to extremes, right. Even something as simple as like, if you say I'm a healthy person and I value my, my physical health. Mm-hmm. Well, anytime I get stressed out, I go work out. I, that that's fine at first until you deal with a lot of stress and you have no other way of dealing with it other than to exercise. You can only exercise so much until you get to the point where like you can actually overtrain and then you're pissing black because your proteins are breaking down to the point that it's going in your urine. That's a real fucking issue, right? Like that happens in like with extreme athletes and people just who overtrain, right? Like you, Mm -hmm. you can literally exercise too much. Or if you, you are so rigid with your, your dietary preferences that you fuck up the family vacation or 
you know, or, or you're like, well, my kids can have nothing. Well, you know, there's a difference between valuing being healthy and being super, super rigid to the point that you're just somebody nobody wants at the party because you're an asshole, right? So I think there's definitely a balance here. But going back to what I had said in the other values episode, with, with my concept of a core value, in, inherently, if you dig down deep enough to identify your core value, it tends to transcend the individual, right? So again, like with me, my core value is freedom. So yes, that can turn into me being selfish and impulsive and not, you know, collaborating well with others. It can be that, but it can also transcend that, transcend that into how can I facilitate the freedom of others, Right? How can I empower others to go out and live autonomously, do the work that resonates with them, da, 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 whatever, and whatever that means to them, right? It, it inherently eventually is a selfless act if you understand it well enough. Now, if we use the regular definition of a value, right, of just like shit you care about, then that is, is it's, it's much easier to become rigid. I think what's really interesting in that Corey, that you stated and also highlights the work that you do actually, because the work that you do is around sort of like creating that freedom and autonomy and the folks that work with you. Uh, I think what's interesting there is that there's, there's something specific that I heard, which is the understanding of, a, of your value transcending self and attempt to sort of support others. There's an invitation that also must and should occur right? It's like, if I'm going on vacation and I want to uphold my dietary restrictions, it's possible that everybody else also wants to make sure that we have some fucking fruit, right? And like every once in a while, it's just a matter of not making it like recognizing that I'm inviting you into this value that I have of eating well and deciding what does this look like collectively? And so I think that's, that's the thing that is really interesting in sort of what you were stating is not only this rigidity creates pathology, but also just even the way that you talked about the work that you do yourself that aligns with your value system, which directly translates to the work you do with creators. And it makes sense because also people opt in to do that work with you. So that I think is what's really unique here is that this understanding of, I can have this value and I can want other people to participate in this if it aligns with them and it supports them and it makes sense for them to come into this as well. I think the, yeah, that was, that was, that really resonated with me and highlighted why you do what you do. I loved it. It was beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. I really had the thought a good question to ask would be, is my value aligned living or is me being value aligned showing up in a way that is expansive or mm. contractive. I don't know if contractive is a word, but we're going to just play just with, go it. with it. Just go with me here. Let's go on a ride together. And I, and I think, I know for me, when I think of, again, values aligned living at its best, it's exp there's an expansive quality to it. I'm walking into situations with my, my value and I'm, I'm trying to actually expand the, the meaning of that moment, the beauty of that moment. I'm using it to open up possibility as opposed to reduce possibility. And I think that's the expansive side versus having it be this cont contractive thing. It's almost more about control and minimizing life. And, and it's the difference between, let's continue with this health example walking into the vacation 
in planning it to be like, how could we have a vacation that's both beautiful and celebratory and celebrates our healthy lives versus going, uh, it needs to be healthy life and I will sacrifice everything else for it. Yeah. And I think this can apply to everything, right? Again, I'll come back to leaders. If a leader has a core aligned value of being direct, let's say of directness or honesty, I just want to be honest. I want to be veracity. Are you using that in a way where it cuts people down and has no tolerance for bullshit and anybody who's not super direct has no place on your team? Or is it in the spirit of encouraging other people to be more honest? One is opening up possibility. One is filtering a listening out possibility. And I think there's honestly a healthy balance of both of those things, right? There's naturally a negation, right? If you're, if a leader's core honesty is value or core value is honesty and a liar comes on their team, it's probably not going to work. If your, if your core value is health and you go somewhere and it's like the only food we serve is cake, you're probably going to filter that out. But there's a balance there, right? And for me, I know the preference when deploying values is to make it inherently as expansive as possible. Yeah. Yeah, because especially with the health thing, like if you're on vacation, are you going to say like, I I can't partake in some sort of delicacy of the region? Like, yeah, it it may be a deep fried thing, but if that is the only deep fried thing you're eating that day, week, month, year – that's when you need to kind of check in with yourself of, am I becoming too rigid with what I see as my values or yeah. is my rigidity actually causing me to live out of alignment, right? Is it actually causing more problems than it's creating benefits? Yeah. Like that. I think I only just recently learned the term I'm kind of, I'm probably going to butcher it, but is it orthorexia? Orthorexia, which is like an obsession with healthy eating. And it's one of those things that a lot of people don't realize that they even suffer from it because there is a holier than thou nature to eating so well and being so healthy and taking such good care of themselves. But it, it can actually, rigidity can cause pathology. Like Corey said, it's like, it actually can go to a degree that you're not even, you know, every thing that you're thinking through and eating is like taking up your entire brain and energy and exhaustion. And I don't get to enjoy the delicacy of this space because it happens to be deep fried and therefore I will not eat it. But then like, I didn't even really enjoy the trip. And it's this, um, I think that it's, it it just becomes a complex thing. Uh, yeah. Your values also aren't a license to be an asshole, right? Like, Oh, I just, honesty is my value, Corey. And I just, I really, you know, I just, I, I don't like keeping things in. Well, maybe you fucking should sometimes, or maybe you should learn to communicate effectively so that you can be honest in a way that isn't being a fucking prick. Yes. Your values are not licensed to be an asshole. Can we just like say that once more? Because I love that. (laughs) I love that. They are not. Yeah. For me, it really, the, the thing, rigidity leads to pathology. And what I said, what Ricky said, it it really, one question, the actual core question I would probably ask is, am I trying to control everything outside of myself with this value? And that's probably a little red flag. Is this really about the value or is this about something else? Maybe. Yeah. I like that. Beautiful. Ricky, is there anything else you wanted us to do to do a teardown of values or is this going to be a little little micro episode? No, because I feel like this was important to talk through a little bit because last time some of these subjects 
we give a little bit of a nuanced, both, both levels. And in this situation, I feel like when we talk about values, it's like very positive. I'm super excited about it, but we have all had the experience of working with an individual or coaching an individual whose values are so strong that they're help rejecting, that they're sort of pushing out everywhere else. And I thought it may, I, I just wanted to talk about that you can take it too far. And now we did. And I feel much better. Thank you, everybody.